one shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. There's ketchup on his polo already, vodka in the Yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down. His group goes so loud, he knows his next move, but his miss freaks him out. He's choking up how everybody's laughing now. The boy's howling, clubs up loud. Snaps back to the left again. Oh, there's a penalty. Oh, reload. Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast with your hosts, Matt Smith and Jerry Lou. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining us for episode number 11 of the Bomb Squad Podcast, a podcast where you're in my world now, Grandma. I'm Jerry Lou, and with me as always is, uh, well, good thing he's a hockey player, not a golfer, Matt Smitty Smith. Matt, how you doing today, buddy? What up, what up, what up? Very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing uh, um, uh, swimmingly. Uh, thank you for asking. We're going to plow through any technical difficulties that we might have just had, folks. And if uh, we apologize if you ever happen to not hear what we're saying or what we're trying to do, because uh, Smitty and I are uh, grown-ass men who don't listen to our own podcast, <clears throat> which means we don't go back. We have other people for that. Uh, we don't go back and comb things over because um, uh, I don't like this way I sound, personally. And um, Matt's, got, Matt's an important guy with important things to do. So we, we'd rather create and pump it out. We don't need uh, Q&As. Or that stands for quality assurance, not uh, questions and answers. But uh, anyways, that's not the point. Did you play any golf this week, Matt? I did. Played twice this week. The old men's league fired a smooth 68. Low gross. Um, followed that up with a tidy probably 78 on Friday in the heat. It was a little zap Friday afternoon. Yeah, just one of those days. You? I have not played golf since we recorded last. We recorded last Monday. We're doing this on a Sunday shortly after the Rocket Mortgage Championship, and uh, which we'll be getting to mainly here uh, in a moment. But um, I trained uh, that caddy last, did the caddy training last Monday. I'm doing that again tomorrow. Don't know which course we're on, but uh, I took the day off because it's been a, just a five-day job of they, these guys didn't know if they were doing 18 holes or 36 holes, and we were double bagging the whole time. And I don't know. If, if anyone follows my Twitter feed, you find the, that I was too busy dealing with these guys to uh, show off how out to lunch they were. Like I normally like to do when I put people on showcase and on blast and everything. But uh, if anyone missed it, I'll, I'll give you a hint. The pinnacle of it was at one point we told this guy to hit it halfway up the uh, flagstick shadow. And we hit it up the shadow, halfway up the shadow and he hit it five feet outside of that. And he had us explain to him, what the word shadow and what the word middle meant. And that was a real thing that we did to somebody who wasn't born in this country, but he's a CEO and makes a lot of money and he does have a hundred percent grasp on the English language. So whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be playing golf tomorrow. As a matter of fact, my boss, I just messaged me, I asked him what course we're playing. It's, he said, uh, probably trails or old Mac, but there's slight chance for pack. So I may as well not have messaged him at all. Cause I got no information from that. Cause, uh, I like to wear different hats for different courses, you know? And, uh, Speaking of hats, check out what I'm wearing. We, uh, my boy, well, I'm not saying my boy. I haven't been like a champion for him, but Bryson DeChambeau won the golf tournament. And uh, that's mainly what we're going to get into and we're going to talk about. But first, I am parched. I don't know about you. That voice you just heard was our network director, Ty Childs. You can find him at Tourney Boss on Twitter and um, I believe the Insta as well. And he also has podcasts many 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 others i chiefly listen to his dingers podcast which is a uh, fantasy baseball which is starting up again but um smitty you drinking anything tonight you said you're already deep i mean what's up yeah i'm a couple under but uh i've got a lovely <laughs> mixed and ready so it's it's a tall boy fashion so up here again 16 fluid ounces in the u.s but 473 milliliters up here I've got a canadian <laughs> club and ginger pre-mixed i just cracked the can you're good to go wow and that's that's a Canadian club to me has always been like the something like my dad never was a drinker, but I mean, it would be something like our dads would drink or whatever. I feel like it's like, a, give me a C and C. It's just like, a, yeah, that's a Canadian, it's a Canadian club. You know, it's like, it was always like the pinnacle of Canadian whiskey and then crown. I don't know. Crown's a little, I don't know. Crown's like the patron of the whiskeys or whatever, where it's just like, it's just a little overblown. You can do a lot, but like, I'm a Canadian, this guy myself. I mean, it doesn't matter. If it comes in a bottle. It's okay. Hey, 
hey, what, what, watch your face. I haven't had it in a long time, but I mean. Jeez, you're probably a big fan of silk tassel as well. And I'm no, not, I'm not they, talking they, about those type of tassels. Put, put your hands down. No, that's uh, <laughs> negative. Uh, that's, that's great, but I, I just feel like, even though I have seen like premix like Jack Daniels and something in like little like uh, juice boxes before uh, in America, yep. the mix, the, the, the whole mixology in a can now is like coming to a head and everything's uh, happening. But uh, I got to get me uh, my hands on some of those because I'm a Canadian club fan. I like that stuff. But tonight I'm actually. Well, speaking, I'm speaking of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead first with your beverage of choice. Well, uh, I, I just ha I have beer. And um, you were trying to, you said that's a big bottle when I showed it to you uh, later. And it is. Thanks for asking. It's a bomber. This is uh, 22 fluid ounces. And this uh, is uh, from Portland Brewing, <clears throat> which I assume is in Portland, Oregon. Uh, thank you. It uh, turns out it is brewed by Portland Brewing in Portland, Oregon. It's Ink and Roses IPA, Indian Pale Ale, India Pale Ale. And it's a uh, 6.5 ABV, 70 IBUs. And, uh, well, it's a drink so nice, I brought it for twice, just in case this Whoa. Uh, odd, uh, well, you know, I haven't drank beer during the pod yet, so we'll see how this goes. But yeah, big bottle. Mm. Big bottle, sounds pretty bitter on the bitterness scale, a little hoppy. I like the hops. Um, Do you? I, I can subdivide, not on my palate, I can subdivide, at least in my head and my heart, uh, the, um, the hops from the bitter, so to speak. And uh, that's why I like Lagunitas so much. They, uh, like, all their beers tend to have that same... Uh, hoppy floral taste to them which just happens to be my speed if i'm drinking mm -hmm. beer i mean there are some beers i just absolutely cannot but if it comes to an ipa most of them are good some are just bad and ignorable at my tiny little liquor store down the street in my tiny little town this is probably the only really edible bottle of ipa that comes in this size like the rest is all just like fairly generic crap i mean mm -hmm. it, it, it's well, well, nah. this, this yeah. is this, this speaking, isn't the Bourbon and Beer podcast, but... Sp speaking of beverages, let's just get it out there. First off, happy Independence Day or, you know, July 4th, whatever they call it there for you and all our, our fantastic American listeners. And, and we had Canada Day, obviously, on Wednesday up here in Canada. Mm -hmm. So celebrating our nations one day at a time. That's what I like Absolutely. to see. Hopefully everybody was safe, did some social distancing and didn't sit on 15 people's laps and lick a bunch of people. So... If you did, good for you. If not, good for you as well. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I, I spent Canada Day <clears throat> working, but and I spent Fourth uh, uh, of July working even harder and more, and uh, that was fine. But I I was joking on the morning of Fourth of July, saying I'm probably gonna have a better Canada Day than, for lack of a better term, we could call it America Day. But no, it is Fourth of July. For if you were to say like, what are the if we were to play like um, what's that game? Um, it was match game. Yeah. If you play match game, uh, like the top answers or whatever, or even like, um, family, family feud, family feuds, one of them. Yeah. Um, 4th of July would be number one answer for what do Americans call the 4th of July or our independence day. We, we'd call it the 4th of July or, and then we would call it independence day. And I think you get 85% for 4th of July, eight, 15% or 10% for independence day and then 5% for the rest of the people who didn't know which end of the pen to use when they were voting. I mean, it's, it, it, it's really, I don't want to say we're simple like that, but it kind of is. America does that to a lot of other holidays too. Like uh, we, uh, we kind of bastardize some Mexican holidays pretty badly. Uh, I mean like uh, Cinco de Mayo. Like mm -hmm. I, I've never been down to Mexico for Cinco de Mayo. I've only been to America. And I feel like we treat it like it's St. Patty's day where I'm just like, Jesus, you, way, way to be America, America. That's like anytime it's somebody else's goddamn holiday. I mean, if you want to find reasons to celebrate, there's lots of reasons and they're every day. I don't say you have to make them up. And this isn't a public service announcement. I'm just saying I hated all my, Caucasian brothers and sisters who on every St. Patty's Day were like, hey, I'm Irish today, woo! And they really meant it, actually, to a really certain degree where I'm just like, come on, like, the food coloring makes me sick, honestly, you guys. Like, there's, I only jump into St. Patty's Day for the pageantry, 100%. I've had way more fun uh, nights over dinner and bottles of wine getting loaded and, like, way crazier scotch drunks and more fun with that than I've ever had on one specific day celebrating a culture that I'm not even sure I have any percentage of in me in the first place. And I don't want to be disingenuous. You know, I, I want to kind of stick to my own guns. That's why I celebrate only Finnish holidays. But um, yeah, my Canada Day, I've, I've been working a lot lately, but that's kind of the point because I don't know when we're recording our episode next week, but I am going to be going to Sylvie's Ranch next week. And for those of you who don't mm -hmm. know what Sylvie's Ranch is, it's a little, um, I don't want to call it a dude ranch because they got like well over a dozen thousand acres up there, but they have luxury cabins horseback rides uh, just also like you can uh the old lady asked me 
if I wanted to do an axe throwing class. I mean, just like stuff like that. It just so happens they have some great golf courses there. I don't know the names of them. One's a par three course. Uh, one's uh, seven par four holes that are called the gauntlet. And they're the four, like the seven hardest par fours you can think of. And they're just in order. It's like, okay. And then there's another course there that can be played forwards, backwards, sideways, upside down to the tune where you can never play it the same way twice in here, which I want to ask you about that Smitty. And we can ask our golf fans this on social media later, but what's your take on one of those golf courses that has like, Oh, it's reversible or, Oh, we can play it three different ways. And it just keeps rotating. I don't like that. I like us all playing the same track because if you and I played Pebble beach at different times, I want to ask you, what did you do on eight T and what did I do on eight T? And I want the eighth hole to be the same damn hole. What say you? I think it's an interesting take. Um, believe it or not. So the old course was designed to be reversible. Um, I believe they did play it one day this year for the first time in, in decades. They actually reversed it. Um, but that being said, I have been to Forest Dunes, but I have not played the loop. So that's uh, Tom Doak's reversible course at Forest Dunes. So um, that's about six hours of a, of a drive from us here. So I think um, I would love to go back in the, in the next couple of years and, and take a look at that. Um, I like the idea. Um, you know, one set of acreage for two courses it, it makes sense i think the variety is cool and, and having to design it that way but you know what i haven't played it yet so i haven't played one i think the idea is cool so to be fair um the 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 great thing about sylvie's ranch is it's so in the middle of nowhere you can't just hit it up on the way to something like you're going there to do this and it's not necessarily golf strictly it's just the way it is mm -hmm. it just so happens it's nearby where i was born in oregon but like i only lived there for like a couple weeks and then moved away when I was a very little kid. And it's only, there's only like 300 people in the town or something. I mean, there's nothing out there. But the thing that I've been telling Ty that about that I'm really looking forward to in this um, week up at Sylvie's, and hopefully if we have good Wi-Fi, I can do an episode live from Sylvie's, so to speak. Um, uh, the par three course, that's the course where uh, a lot of people might have seen in publications and online, they have the goat caddies. And by goat caddies, I mean the little four-leggers that uh, have fur. You put a little bib on them, put your clubs on them, a little, a few clubs, not too many, a couple balls. And he's like chained a little steak that he's taking the ground and eats the grass while he holds your clubs. I heard the goat comes with a handler. That's, well, maybe I'm going to treat the handler like my cameraman. Maybe just give him an extra 20 bucks to say like, hey, you film these three or four things when I say so. Because this is me being a caddy. And that's why I like training these caddies, because as I told Jennifer, I said, like, hey, I'm going to go play golf for free at Bandon Dunes, and I'm going to get a free caddy. You're not talking me out of this. I mean, because this is, like, two of my favorite things, golfing and not carrying anything. It's mm -hmm. like, that's it, it's like, I dress up for it. Like, I'm, that's why I was asking my boss, I'm like, hey, what course do we at? Because I got a different hat for this course. I got a different hat for that course. And I heard Matt Kuchar has rave reviews of the go caddies there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but I, I've just, I've always been wanting to make some like viral content, uh, so to speak, of me with these goats sitting there going like, like just me looking at the goat, be like, you haven't been helpful all day. Like you know, it's like, what? How does this break here? No, stop eating that. You know, just stuff like that. So, I think it's gonna be a real hoot. And um, yeah, that's all happening next week. So, before technology completely kicks our nucksacks up into our Adam's apples, let's get down to the Rocket Mortgage. Tournament, you, uh, if, for those of you who can't see at home, I'm wearing a stupid fucking hat. I love it. It's um, my Kangol little driver's cap. It's a beret, so to speak, or as you'd pronounce it up in French Canada, a beret. And um, I have a dark blue one and this one. I've never really, I wore it for one round of golf. Not really my thing, but it's my thing right now because Bryson DeChambeau, shout out caddy Tim Tucker from Coos Bay, Oregon, um, won the tournament. I mean, we got a few things to cover in the meantime, but let's cover the obvious. Everybody has been eviscerating this guy, especially after Saturday when he said, like, a cameraman was just too close in the whole time and he got too much of his antics or whatever, and he said it might hurt his brand. I mean, people are paying enough attention to him. And then, ironically enough, Smitty, this morning, I saw so many people online saying, this guy had better win. I mean, he was one of, like, several names who had a shot to win the tournament, whoop-de-doo. But everyone was, like, mm -hmm. really up his ass, almost like they knew or something, saying, this guy had better win because all this blah, 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 blah. And then I literally wake up from an app and see like, hey, look, Bryson DeChambeau won. And I'm like, hey, I mean, this was, he was pretty hot. Uh, what was it? Like in the, in the, uh, what do you call the season in wintertime? Like the silly the, the season. The wraparound season? Wraparound, yeah. I believe he, what they call it. He was hot in the wraparound of like 2018, 2019. I mean, the guy's there. So what, what were your thoughts uh, just immediately about Bryson? Well, you know, that's what the talk's all about. He's hitting it far. He's, he's protein shakes. 
protein shakes and protein shits or whatever you want to talk about that way. And you know what? Good for him. Like I think I said in a previous episode, he's completely changed his swing effectively. And okay, I want to ask about that. I was having lunch. I got done caddy at Sheep Ranch this morning. Thank you for asking. And uh, went back to the caddy shack. Had uh, my new favorite lunch was a which is a turkey sandwich on toasted sourdough with American cheese and bacon, plain. And then you dip a little ranch on the side. Delicious. Uh, I'm on a no condiment thing, trying to eliminate sugars from the diet, like in little ways I can. It really helps the heartburn. But um, I remember it was, uh, I think, the front nine of the final round today. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was probably about 10 caddies. We're all in the, in the spread out in the cafeteria watching. And some of them were like one of our caddies. And there was like our number one earning caddy who works every day. Pretty opinionated guy. But I'm not going to give his name out. But he's a kind of a buddy of mine. But then there was another guy who is like a very aspiring, like, like I don't want to say aspiring golfer. But it's like he's been talking to George Gankus lately. And uh, this guy, Jason, he just got his PGA. They slowed Bryson DeChambeau's swing down. I'm glad I could be finally sitting down for them to do one of those complete true motion or whatever they call it of his swing. So I sat there watching because I keep hearing everyone talk about his swing. I keep seeing his swing. I keep seeing what he's trying to do with his swing. I see the numbers. Okay, this all adds up. But honestly, when they showed his swing broken down slow-mo and the second like he finished the swing and a few of the announcers were saying stuff, I started screaming at the caddy next to me who didn't even know I was watching or I was even in the room. I was like, Jason, Jason. And he's he like, dropped his hand. He's like, what, dude? And I said, is there anything to point out in Bryson DeChambeau's swing at all? Because the more people say, oh, let's break down the swing, I'm looking at going, what is there to break down? I don't see anything. The joke we had was, he's got a zero-plane swing. Maybe you'd have a, neg- a negative single-plane swing. That's all. He's just become like so – so he's become like one motion or very, very small moving parts, and then he's just gotten strong and fast. What, what, are we trying to find like the uh, uh, one-eyed Willie's fucking treasure here? What's the big mystery of Bryson DeChambeau's swing? Well, I, I think it would be first of all just the added firepower, right? He's, he's added yeah. fifteen miles per hour clubhead speed, which is gigantic when you're already at uh, you know a buck fifteen, a buck twenty. So you know, don't get me wrong. There's there's a lot of haters out there about what he's doing. There, there's a lot of people that endorse it and love it and accept it. It takes a lot of skill to be able to swing that hard. Not only skill, but it, it takes just the physical ability to swing that fast. You, you, you don't just pick up a club and go, I'm going to swing 15 miles per hour quicker today. No. A, you need to build the physical capability to do it, which he went out and did. Put mm-hmm. on the 30 or 40 pounds of muscle or mass, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. But to be able to do that under pressure, repeatable, he's only done this in four months. I, I believe, you know, looking at a couple of Brandle tweets this weekend, you know, I, I kind of respect his swing theories, not so much his hot takes. I think he's kind of the Stephen A. Smith of the golf channel. But <laughs> hey, that's that's not really off base, honestly. No. I mean, like who are, who are, who have the hottest takes in the talking heads? It's like honestly, the third name we'll get to is Nick Faldo, which we're gonna talk about in a second, but he's not exactly like I would not compare him to anybody on sports. He'd be like a Dan Patrick if he had a stroke the day before and they said, Dan, we really need you to come in today. That's pretty much what Nick Faldo is. And Nick Faldo yeah. is one of like more polarizing characters behind the microphone. I mean. Yeah. So for him to do what he's doing, and, and I believe he's, you know, he's now moving his weight back in the, you know, towards his back foot during the backswing. He's, he's transferring weight side to side now, which is something he, he's never really done over the length of his, you know, current swing or whatever you want to call it. Um, but for him to win, and again, to shoot seven under today, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, seven, seven under 65 one today. Three. One by three, come from behind, <laughs> victory. Um, the only blemish was really he, he had to punch out of the trees on the par 5 14th, um, punched it through the fairway in the water hazard, ended up making a, a bogey, uh, but finished birdie, 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 right? So, you know, Matt Wolf coming down the stretch, he struggled early kind of got it together uh, early in the back nine, birdieing 12, 13, 15 to get back in it within two. Uh, birdie 17 and ends up falling behind another two strokes over the last three. So it, it ended up being a good finish after a hot start by Bryson and a, and a not so great start. I think the ice cream truck forgot to pull into the parking lot on Sunday for Matt, Matthew Wolf. But uh, yeah, overall, a, a, another good weekend of golf. Um, great storylines, like you said, including Bryson on Saturday, adding a little fuel to the fire. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but we certainly have the time. 
Well, yeah, I mean, since we're on the topic, because uh, we can move on to a few other things, uh, you're, you're referring to uh, Bryson's, you, as the words you used to me, Bryson's meltdown. Because I don't know who I don't bit. know who can have a meltdown before uh, before you win. I mean, and I didn't I never used the M word until you said it. So explain yourself. Well, so he kind of struggled on I believe the sixth hole yesterday. He hit a, a kind of a mediocre bunker shot, I believe, on the seventh hole yesterday during his round. Um, and then on after completing the seventh hole, went up to the cameraman following his group and basically confronted him, saying you know, you're in my space, you're following me too closely, like, what are you doing? Um, was do, you think he was, do you think he was making up an excuse, or? Absolutely. Like, oh, the only reason I say that is because after his round, he comes out and says, you know, why are you videotaping us? You're putting us in a bad light. Um, you know, we should be protecting our players while they're out on the course. So here's the question, Bryson. If there's 30,000 people on the golf course, spectators, I mean, and or patrons, depending on where you are, they all have a camera in their pocket. Somebody's going to be videotaping your meltdown. If you think an invasion of privacy is having one dude who's getting paid, who also promotes your brand or image, whatever you want to talk about, because he said, you know, it's hurting my brand. It's hurting my image to see that. He is the brand. He is the image. You know, he's the one that can control all of that. So he has no right to get up in some working guy's face who's, you know, lugging around the camera. That's his job, creating content for us to view, which is creating dollars for his purse money to get upset. And, and that's what kind of bugged me and, and rubbed me the wrong way about that this weekend. And you know what? I, I respect him, the golfer. Do I respect him, the human being? Well, oh, now you sound like a Patrick Reed fan. Well, no, I, I don't know if I could ever – no, I can't do that. No, no, look, but, uh, look, I'll bite, I'll bite, I'll bite, I'll play devil's advocate here. Um, do you sincerely think that, I mean, I've had people who have tried to psych me out before, and I see it all the time on the golf course, whatever, people will make up any excuse to say that they're bothering them or whatever, but I mean, who's to say that this cameraman wasn't savvy enough or wasn't trying to antagonize him at all, so to speak? And, and maybe when Bryson's feeling this way, maybe he just needs an extra 20 feet. But who's to say if you don't give him that extra 20 feet, you're just like, then we don't have to hear about this again. It's not that big. A, I mean, and I'm not even defending Bryson. I defend anyone who's in this situation, so to speak, where I'm just like, I, we call it rabbit ears on the golf course. When it's like somebody's like, somebody thinks, they, like, they think every distraction is, is going to affect yeah, them or whatever. Yeah, Seve just cracked a bag of chips in the middle of my backswing kind of thing. Yeah, well, I, I, I get that. I mean, I've seen people, like, I, I tend to, I jingle the T's in the pocket. That's my thing, you know. I, a buddy of mine, he likes to shake the ice in his, his empty cocktail. Granted, that has to be right place, right time. Your cocktail has to be at the right amount. But, I mean, when I saw him do that, I was just like, dude, he was like, the guy was putting, and he did it, like, both times while he was, like, practicing, like, warming up putt. He was, like, like a rattlesnake. But, I mean, it's, uh, I, I kind of feel like I'm taking the diplomatic side to this where it's just like, yeah, Bryson's being petulant and being a baby about a lot of it. But at the same time, part of me is like, well, if he was feeling a certain way, I try and look at it from the other coin to be like, not to appease him to be like, okay, what X, Y, and Z would we have to meet? So he didn't do that. And part of me is like, well, that's not so hard. Maybe this cameraman is a golfer or not a Bryson fan and thought like, maybe if I was a little closer or just always in that blind, that non-blind spot where he could see every time that like, you know, who's to say that hasn't happened more on tour and golfers just haven't confronted it or whatever. I mean, Bryson's pretty much like the uh, the billboard for a lot of reasons and different things each week. So I don't know. I I I'm I'm, I'm I'll, I'll, I hate playing contrarian just just to do so, but I can easily do it on this subject just because I sincerely feel like it's Bryson really like he went about it incorrectly for sure. But I looked at it like this is the most JV softball level of issue, and everybody went about it incorrectly. This is like somebody like moving your luggage to the airport, not misplacing it, just moving it. I I think what he he basically incriminated himself. He said, "I don't mm -hmm. want somebody videotaping me when I'm having a spaz or I'm acting out or I'm acting not like a professional," which is what he was doing. He didn't get after the cameraman just for being too close. In his interview after, he said, "You know, I don't think they should be taping us. You know, during our okay. meltdowns and and that type of behavior, right? You know, with Sergio taking slashes out of the." Sergio taking slashes out of uh, man. I, oh, I wish I could be clever enough to finish this sentence for him. That'd be great. Sergio taking slashes out of the um, the budget, the the European tour budget. 
by raking bunkers himself uh, with his wedge. It, is it unfortunate that that happened? Yes. At, at the end of the day, it could have been handled a lot better. But it, it was good to see him rebound with a victory and his, uh, his NASCAR speech thanking, you know, Gatorade, Powerade, his 14 sponsors, the guy who changes his oil, um, the guy that sprays dew on his golf ball on the range. And, like, <laughs> just such a weird, weird dude, but exceptional golfer. You know, good on you, Bryson. You won. You're hitting it a mile. Keep doing it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody wants to see it. So keep doing what you're doing. It, it, it's working. Six PGA Tour victories in the last three and a half years. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of uh, the opposite of working, uh, somebody is, must be tampering with our Wi-Fi here. So let's just plow ahead to a couple other things on the menu before we wrap things up here. Because, yeah, you're freezing a lot right now. So uh, uh, you said something about Nick Faldo having some pretty uh, limp dick tweets or whatever or comments. Well, what's up? Well, just him about – so him and uh, Ian Baker Finch were getting on Bryson about the one-length clubs, and then they all of a sudden came out with the take of, you know, he should be playing steel-shafted wedges, like just out of nowhere. They, they could talk about his technique. They could talk about pretty much anything else than just because the guy plays graphite irons. Like if, if you're looking at the equipment game and talking about that, um, there was a drop situation, uh, Bryson hit one long left on a hole and, you know, he was dropping three, four times. I don't know what was happening because the commentators are just sitting there with, you know, their lack of a better term, dick in their hands. I don't know what they're doing. Like they're well, talking about they, they, nothing. They, well, hold on a sec. We're stuck because it's like these, these commentators, we must just hate them because either they're not telling us what's going on or they're talking over it. And I can at least appreciate that it's like, well, well you that's do, the thing. do damned if you don't. Well, I, I think in this case, if you've got a microphone down there, which they do, it's the final group. I know Dottie was following them. Mm. Why not have somebody right there trying to explain the situation? They've done it for years. It's really easy to be able to listen to a conversation with nobody around. So why not just have the mic there, set it there? Now we, we know what's going on as a golf fan instead of listening to Nance and Faldo basically trip over themselves and, and, and they're just showing Bryson drop a ball four times. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's just, I, I missed that part, but uh, some people want to see the process. Uh, some don't. Do you remember anything specifically uh, from Faldo at all? Or I mean, just a lack of, it, it almost feels like a lack of effort, but, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe he's on site. I believe he's remote. He's, I, so, I, uh, somebody said he's in Orlando, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So fair enough. I think we'll give him a mulligan on this one, keep it in a golf term. So I yeah. don't know, just un, unimpressed. You know, they came out week one in Colonial. Everybody had a heart on for golf, and, and they were doing the right things. They were listening to the conversations. They weren't talking over everybody. And it's like they jumped on a charter to Detroit and just forgot everything. So, I don't know, just kind of a lackluster. Well, I mean, but, but look how, look how like, the, the, they had those sponsors' uh, um, backstands or blocks or, excuse me, fences for no reason or whatever. I mean, things yeah. are going to return to business as normal for the business as normal people. I mean, when mm -hmm. it comes to all the money that, like, greases most of the big cogs in the machine that make the PGA Tour go, I hate to say, like, I've said this for years. When it comes to um, NFL in America, we, like, take a look at a NASCAR in America, like they squeeze every single square inch of uh, advertising or color coordination on that car for a reason. All each each thing is outbid by this many dollars versus fewer dollars. And I always thought, hey, in football, we can superimpose that first down line, the yellow line on our TVs. Why don't we start superimposing advertisements all over the damn field? That big hunk of green down there, we're starting to do it to uniforms that looks terrible. Why don't we do it to the green and and oh god, for those like fifty thousand people in attendance, they don't have to see it. For everyone watching on TV, there's your contract right there. So when it comes to golf, we're used to it. When we came back from this COVID thing, or came up in the midst of this COVID thing, uh, we had like no grandstands, which meant less advertising. Which to me, I was sitting around the whole time, really thinking to myself that the, the advertisers are not going to stand for this. They've got to get themselves out there. And this was kind of quintessential. I didn't like the way it looked, but it was kind of one of those things where I'm like, yeah, no, it's kind of, you ever see the movie Starship Troopers? I have not. Bummer. Okay. For all those who have, uh, you'll, you'll get with me on this. 
they play like a high school football. It's in the future. They don't say the year exactly, but they play a high school football game in the beginning. It's indoor. They're wearing some weird suits that are like all one body, uh, onesie, knee, like, uh, like, like, I don't know, it looks silver. They have like funny looking helmets. It looks like techno football in the future. And as we're laughing at it back in like 96, when this movie came out, I was kind of going, <laughs> I could see that in 2025. And here we're in 2020. I'm going like, well, it doesn't look like that, but it could at any second. I mean, just where like things just look futuristic and goofy or, or this is just where God forbid this is what we expect things to look like, whether we want to or not. The sponsors are going to win over anything. I mean, hell, look at the Washington Redskins right now. They're about to change their name because the main backers financially are like, Hey, uh, do it because the power of the almighty dollar is always been like number one. So, I mean, it's just, it was red. It was really off putting, I, I think. And, uh, I don't know. And, and now, now pros have an excuse for backstopping or grandstanding with uh, the other kind. <clears throat> Extreme so, backstopping. So I only wrote down a few more notes from the tournament uh, that uh, on more of a personal note that I can share later, but was there anything else really uh, to bring up that like stood out to you? I was following some guys specifically who all collectively shot even par all three of them together on the final day. But um, what, uh, anything uh, that jumped out to you that you really enjoyed? I mean, other than the obvious winner. Um, you know what? I'm just going to go a little bit off track here before we get back to the PGA Tour takes. How about Ho Sung Choi? Oh, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm also, and I'm also very upset that you mentioned that because Ho Sung Choi, ever since I've discovered him, is like a personal hero of mine. Um, why don't you tell everyone what happened? Well, I, I don't know the situation. I know he I'm was... Pour, I'm I pouring want... one out right now. I mean, just for Ho Sung. I, oh, it, this is a tough one. Um, I, I, you know, I did this on the first hole of a junior club championship. I want to say I was like 14 years old. Very you were a dewy. child, man, when you were a child. I, I, it was dewy, it was slippery. I like slipped during my downswing and, and like hit the ball a foot, like basically whiffed it. But well, there you, was- you, you outdrove Hosung by like a thousand percent then if your ball went a foot. I definitely did. So if, for those who don't know Hosung Choi, he is the, uh, this was the <laughs> Korean tour event and you know, he's got the wacky follow-through where he basically walks or dances two steps after it. He's got the hands flailing up in the air. He's, oh, man, I really wish this take goes viral. Oh, this is great. I got to put this on Twitter when we're done. Uh, I got to write this down. But um, it's, like, it's like Gary Player's walk step after with Arnold Palmer infused with Hideki Matsuyama dropping the club like mid-follow-through. Uh, okay, yeah. I would say he's like Arnold Palmer on LSD. Like, like okay, fair like, enough. Very yeah. much so. And the reason why Ho Sung Choi is my personal hero and will go on my personal golf Mount Rushmore just, just for sake of the fact that he just emerged on tour for a, like a blip on the radar. He's no good, but he truly is the epitome of after you hit the ball, who gives a shit about what mm -hmm. you do? this guy, even when, have you seen him putt? Have you seen the man putt? Yes. It, he'll sit there, he'll hit this putt. And as it's going, he'll sit there, he'll start to go like this, start to go like this. And as he's watching, he'll like, spin around and like keep like like he's like on a carousel but his head's still watching i mean it's, it's i think he's trying to change the effects of gravity basically by him altering the weight that gravity pulls on him it's going to affect his ball <laughs> I, I have no idea i don't know if he's into scientology he's i have like, no idea what's like going Matilda on and he's just trying to bend the physics and the will of like everything oh. and, and to boot he's he's barely a professional golfer he's barely a professional the, the whole john daly story and that being fluky is way more of a sure thing than this guy ever like making a cut in an event. Like this guy's barely a professional golfer. I just so to, he, so he to get back to hope. what he did, he he takes his normal Ho Sung Choi swing. I believe it's like the seventy second hole, or it's late in the fourth round, and he just lays facade over a driver. He hits like two feet behind this thing, and he doesn't. He misses the ball completely. There's full intent to hit the ball, but the worst part is the grass and the dirt from him hitting the ground three feet behind the golf ball propelled his ball to fall off the tee in slow motion. Is that what made it fall off? Because like, yes. I had to watch he, it six different times because this guy like essentially hit a drop kick so hard. If you guys, if folks, if you're out there trying to hit a bomb and, and it's the one where you like, you drop kick it and the driver flies over the, the ball so hard, you just look back down at the ball and you stay practice swing before your foursome says, was that a real try? That's exactly what Hosung did because I remember watching that driver head whiff over the ball and I'm like, oh, it was the driver head that hit the ball. I'm like, nope, it's still on the tee. And then as he's like spinning around like Wiley e. Coyote flying off the cliff over to the side, then I see the ball lurch over. I, 
the, the videos I saw didn't have that good a resolution, so I didn't know it was the schmutz hitting the ball. Oh, I gotta get yeah. this. Yeah. And speaking of see this again, let's let's pop another. This again. Well, that one to be fair was half full when I started, so. So that that's my only other golf take. I, I thought we'd both get a chuckle out of that. Just our listeners, I, I, I you know what? We're all human. We've all done it. Even the pros YouTube. do it apparently. Don't don't stop what you're doing now, because continue listening because it's fun. But uh YouTube Ho Sung Choi, H O space S U N G space C H O I. He is he's a riot. Like he is so much fun that like they didn't he get into a PJ tour event like get exemption because everyone pretty much fucking demanded it. Yeah, pretty much. I think he was in Tory Pines last year. If... Yeah, and he did not do that well. Yeah, I remember no. this, this is the first Tory Pines I've missed in a – oh, no, I missed the last two. Anyways, that's moot. But um, thank you. No, I actually, thank you for bringing that up very much. I, I love Hosung, and I don't get to see him enough, and he's, uh, he's amazing. So, you saying good night in there, Matt? No, no, we're good. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, hey, we can air out personal laundry here. It's okay. <laughs> so, I only had a couple things. Um, uh, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish up this note here because when I come back to it later, I'm just going to be like, "Let's see, uh, cover this, cover this." Uh, host song on LSD. What the hell? Like, <laughs> my notes look like a bad stand-up comedy set. Where if anyone else would read them, they'd just be like, "It's like you, you ever remember back in the day when newspapers exist and you uh, would accidentally turn to the wrong page in a story? <laughs> like you'd be sitting there, you'd just be like, you'd be like, hmm, Justin Trudeau is running from a flood." It's <laughs> just like. <laughs> Like, what's he doing in Bangladesh? It's... <laughs> Who Sorry. knew? The guy travels. <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a little thing for me. So, uh, speaking of a little thing for me, and this is pretty much my only note for the tournament, um, and I was really, really, really tempted to text some of my old cohorts uh, from my old podcast, and technically I did, and I didn't tell you this, Matt. Here's a little unfolding fun. It's not really fun. It's just a, it's just a, a caddy talking to another caddy. But uh, there were three names um, up near the top of the leaderboard on Saturday, near the after three rounds of play that were very very um special to me but more so because on my old podcast and my old golf website that i used to work for they we had uh, uh one of these guys on as a guest one of these guys caddy on as a guest and uh one of these guys caddy on as a regular guest who now actually has taken my place there permanently as a co-host and uh, he's a lot of fun but um i'm talking none other than uh, we had paul tesori webb simpson's caddy on and then webb simpson proceeded to like i mean he was doing good uh, up through Saturday. Mark Hubbard, uh, Reed Martin's his caddy, and Reed and I are friends. I actually um, haven't talked to him since I quit uh, the podcast and he took over. So I was watching him, and and whenever, whenever these guys are doing good on TV, you see their caddies a lot. And Reed's like six foot a million, and uh, I love just uh, making fun of his big goofy ass. So I was like sitting there in the caddy shack with like five other guys, and I love throwing my weight around if I can because I only know a few quote golf celebrities or industry types. But I was just kind of like, oh, hey, guys, watch this. I'm going to text Mark Hubbard's caddy right now. He probably won't answer, but here we go. And, I said, and it was Reed, and I was just like, hey, Reed, I see your big nappy ass all over the TV. You guys are killing it. Keep it up. You know, just, just something friendly like that. And then he sent a nice text back, and then I sent him a text back saying, we're not all Tim Tucker fans out here. That's a, a, a joke at Bryson DeChambeau's caddy, which this is before Bryson won. But Tim Tucker's a good guy, but it's like if you come from our caddy pool – yeah, 80%, you're going to have 80% of the caddies that are friends and 20% of the people that are not going to have a good opinion about you. That's just how our caddy pool works. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be Jesus Christ himself. Now, he'd probably have a bigger negative opinion pool. But anyways. I so think that's that, how life um, works. Exactly. I, yeah, I think so, too. So, um, so uh, Mark Hubbard was doing well. and He got a lot of uh, – Reed got a lot of screen time. Reed is uh, carrying the old show, the Mild Show's logo. Notice I'm not saying the name. Uh, on the side of his hat. And, it, and even as I was watching, like – even when I was with these guys back in the day, I mean, that was just uh, last year, the camera never seems to get the right side of Reed's head to show the logo. And we're always watching TV go like, no, no, up, pan up. No, Reed, look this way, look this way. And he's like, you know, he's got the head the size of a Zeppelin and it's up there at cruising altitude. And even when I was watching today, like when, the, when he's in the foreground when they're looking at somebody else and his head's down and you can see only part of his eye in the hat, it's like, why can't you see the logo? It's just two inches away. These poor guys, like, they, I think they're doing it on purpose. Like, I have not seen that they logo must be. I have not seen this logo on TV once, and I've seen Reed's ass all over TV, all over TV. So, so something, something fun to share there. But also, um, another guy who was in contention is somebody who I've actually been keeping in quite a lot of contact with via uh, Twitter Messenger because I haven't asked for his phone number yet. We're not on that level of our bromance. 
but uh, one Ryan Armour, who finished with a T6 last week and got a T4. Now, after I mentioned all these names, Webb Simpson, Mark Hubbard, Ryan Armour, I'm pretty sure all these guys collectively shot even par apiece today on the final round. So they had three great rounds. They were on the door. Uh, we didn't think DeChambeau was going to win. Hell, I was talking to Ty. Ty already had it, like, signed, sealed, delivered for Wolf, which I was like, don't get premature, but great pick. That's kind of – I don't want to say it's obvi, but whatever. But um, – I, uh, I'm going to be sure to message Ryan because I don't want to make it sound like every time he does, like, you know, really good is when I'm messaging him. But he had a, an ace in the second round, um, uh, Ryan Armour did. It's, there's just a lot of good, good golf to be had. It's just, just so happened, whether I'm with this old show or not, like all these guys just kind of like, eh, just kind of like everything just like froze the last day. It's like any time I used to make a golf pick, like the second I made it, that guy started shooting even par. I mean, they get that Phil Mickelson, like, one out of every four rounds bug where it's like, hey, Phil, you're good for the Champions Tour because you can only play 54 holes good. That one round somewhere creeps up and bites you. So, uh, did you have – I mean, we also had uh, – we had some really, really good names on the leaderboard that we were joking around with. One of them I wanted to bring up and get out of the way right now. At a, as a, at a tie for 21, I was just going by. I was like, who's Kay Ventura? And then I clicked on it and said Christopher Ventura from Norway – and I just kept saying to you over and over in the pre-show runner, and I, I don't think you were getting it. I'm like, his name's Ventura, and he's from Norway. That's, not, that's something that I don't know where Ventura's from, but I would say probably Italy or Spain or something like that. But, I mean, <laughs> never heard of the guy. You had some information on him. Yeah, he actually played college golf with Matthew Wolf at uh, Oklahoma State. I, now, I'm not sure if he was on the championship winning team of 2017 or 18. Uh, 2018. They were NCAA champs, but uh, I uh, I do believe that. Uh, well, I know for sure that he did play with Wolf at Oklahoma State. So, um, you know, a lot of Oklahoma State up there at the top end. You obviously had Wolf, you had Ventura, you had Fowler, T12. Um, shout out oh, wait, to Canadian. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, um, isn't Hovland also? Wasn't he part of that? Sorry. Class? Yep, absolutely. So Hovland, but the other was, Norwegian Wolf, field, T12. But Wolf and Hovland were classmates, right? Yes, they were together. Yeah. Okay. Well, which means Ventura would be too. That's that's all I was trying to eventually cobble together. I mean, they're yeah, Cowboys, absolutely. man. They got a good program. Anyways, you were saying, yeah. shout out, shout out, uh, shout somebody, out. somebody, somebody from America's Hat. Who is it? Uh, Mike. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, Adam Hadwin. Yes, Adam <laughs> Hadwin with a backdoor really top purpose? five. Are you kidding? Of course, me? I did. Mike Weir's <laughs> well, teamed up on the Corn Ferry Tour. I nailed I nailed somebody earlier today. I forget what the context was, but I but when they said it, oh, I think it was my golf today. He said like, oh, there's this one guy. He's a Canadian lefty, tall guy, real good golfer. And I was just like, Mike Weir, and, and he's just like, no, 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 not Mike Weir. And I'm just like, well, what are you talking about? He's referring to Gretzky, but <laughs> but also uh, shout out to Taylor Pendrith on the Corn Ferry Tour, T uh, three there, another Canadian boy. So Canadians are everywhere. I think there's six of them in the top 100 world rankings out of four of them, but uh, we're lurking. There's going to be another Canadian winner on the, uh, I, you know what, let's throw a bet right here. Think about it. Well, think of the odds for next week. There will be another Canadian winner on the PGA tour this year. And by the, okay, what are we talking about this year though? When does the season end? Is it the tour championship? Or let, let, when, let's go, let's go. Is it when we do the masters let's, on Thanksgiving. Let's, let's go calendar year. Okay, so by the end of okay, okay, by the end of twenty twenty, you say Canadian player will be will win a tournament. Another Canadian will win on the PGA Tour this year. Okay, um, would you give me? I'll give you even money on that. I say a Canadian won't, but I'll give you a five. No, I'll give you a ten to one sweetener if you can pick one Canadian right now that it has to be that you want that you want to win Ooh. out of the rest. I want to say it would be like Mac Hughes at like a five round uh, pro am uh, event, but yeah, uh, thinking Mackenzie Hughes. Uh. Yeah, let me let me think on that till next week. But yes, <laughs> there will be a there will be a Canadian winner on the PGA Tour in another one, a second heard, in 2020. I just heard my voice, and that was the worst Jeff Goldblum I ever did. I'm like, ah, yes, 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 ah, yes. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, so, I mean, because I'm trying to think of all the Canadians, much like I was busting ties balls, because on Canada Day, they just did a really great uh, fantasy baseball podcast about all the best Canadian baseball players of all time. And it's – I mean this from the bottom of my heart, because this could mean – this could, like, really uh, go for uh, any other, like, Anglo country that doesn't – that, like, likes an American sport. But it'd be like if you played baseball, but you're from New Zealand. It's like, yeah, okay, there's probably a little bit, but, I mean, not much going on in New Zealand for you. So when it comes to Canada, I have to check myself and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. There aren't that many Canadian, 
like when he picked Eric Bedard as like the second best like Canadian pitcher all time behind Fergie Jenkins. I'm just like, what? I've seen Eric Bedard live many times when he was at his peak. And I couldn't tell if his stuff was nasty because his loss record was blinding my view. I mean, I just, I, I'm sorry. He was with the Orioles when they were bad. But, but anyways, he had a, he, I texted him saying uh, what I learned from the pod, uh, his pod was, I was like, wow, there's not as many Canadian ballplayers as I really thought there was in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And he said the same exact thing you said about how like, uh, you know, it's like, oh no, there's a lot, of, a lot of younger ones coming up surging, you know, they're going to take over. <laughs> And to be honest, the only thing you guys took over was hockey because lacrosse is your national GD sport. So nothing it really is. Up in that regard. Other than that, you guys are just pretty much like, hey, we don't have enough people up here to like take over anything in terms of. It's like, cold up here, eh? No, what I'm saying is like in every single, I feel like whether it's like badminton to golf to everything in between. And I'm not just talking about like your uh, 4th of July sports either. <clears throat> But it's like Canada represents like 1% of the field in every single competition, I feel like. And, and it's never 0% in one or 2% in another. It's like you guys just have like the same – for every sport you have like three to six people who are like, yep, yeah, these are our people who are good at this. I mean, it's almost like an elected position. Exactly. exactly. You guys don't have athletes. You have ambassadors. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. I mean, that wasn't a slight. More so, I mean – well, let me ask you this as we're wrapping up here real quick or whatever. Um, and this is just a personal question from this Yank asking, well, actually, here's the first question. What is a proper uh, slang for a Canadian? Like, I, who, in terms of me being ignorant, the word Canuck could be wildly offensive for all I know. It could be. I don't know. No, I mean, no. I, I believe that's the, like the slang, like the, the equivalent to Yankee. Yeah, but Yankee and American, those two words only go together because we put them together. It's not like it's an anagram or whatever. When I say Canadian and Canuck, I'm like, come on, we're being pretty lazy here. Get, I mean, yeah. you, want us, you want us to call you hosers or like what? I mean, what does that even mean? I, I, I think, what was that? Uh, what movie was that? Or, the Fresh like Brew? A, Cold Brew? It was, like or? A, it was like a sketch or something, sketch comedy. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Canuck. Next week, we are in Columbus. Uh, for adults, or as they're about to, to name it, Flavor Town. Did you hear this? They're about to change the name. No. Oh, so Guy Fieri. I don't. I'm pretty. I think he's from Columbus or whatever. But I love Guy Fieri. Every everybody shits on Guy Fieri so hard for no reason. And that guy's just a philanthropist and like and and he doesn't even like curse or do anything bad. I bet he like kills hookers in his spare time. But I mean, that's just because everyone has a vice. But um, he there's like legislative legislative movement right now to change Columbus, Ohio because Christopher Columbus is problematic, to um, Flavortown, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be just, amazing. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I'm speechless. I don't know yeah, You don't know the words. You don't know the words. <laughs> no. Um, well, if we can do a COVID wrap-up, so to speak. Um, so we kind of had a little spur- surge or a spike a week ago in terms of news and a lot of stuff happening with the press conference and things like that. So – um, do you expect anything terrible or awful to happen? Because once they had that presser last Monday, the tournament kind of went off without a hitch. I mean, hell, yeah. they were saying how Mark Hubbard skipped the one tournament. Well, guess what? He was back in this one, and he didn't need to be. He's like number one, or Webb or somebody was number one. I don't know, one of those guys. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so so Webb sat out last week as a precaution. Right, um, yeah, ended up playing this week, playing well. I think he was top five, top eight, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, successful week. Um, Detroit was one of the original hotspots in the U.S., so it was nice to see the event go off uh, without a hitch so far. Um, but yeah, next week, I, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe we'll be talking about this, but I think there may be a limited number of fans on site. I'm not sure if it's for this event, the Workday Championship Classic, whatever they're calling it, um, at Muirfield Village, but I believe the Memorial, they may have um, eight to 10,000 spectators on site. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with protocols with fans. Um, grandstanding might be back, you know, who knows? Well, that, so, honestly, so. that never, that, can we agree that never became an issue or at least it was never highlighted or, or, or like, uh, I, we had an opportunity here for something. It's like playing like baseball games or like any sporting games without fans. We have very weird opportunities to like experience something that's only going to happen a certain way. And it's very, very unique. And well, whatever uh let me uh let me clean up uh some of the ads here real quick before we uh cast off into this good night as always our flagship sponsor gorse golf 
Gorse Golf. That's G-O-R-S-E, Gorse Golf. It's a plant that's native to Ireland, and Lord Bennett brought it over to Bandon, and uh, now it's taking over the area. And my buddy Crazy and his wife Christine use it as their namesake to make beautiful head covers, the best head covers. They're 40 to 50 bucks full price all the time. And if you go and use the coupon code BOMBSQUADPOD, oh, whoa, hello, all one word, you get an additional 10% off your purchase. And if you want to see what their stuff is, go to gorsegolf.com, go to Instagram, at gorsegolf, and uh, made in the USA, hand-sewn in the USA, nice canvas outers, nice fleece interiors. The fleece interiors can look like something. It's good stuff. And uh, yeah, just don't forget Bomb Squad Pod in the coupon code. These are a friend of mine. They're friends of yours. Our already listeners of the show have sent me stuff that they purchased in the past, but that's because good products are good products. So, you know, check them out. Come on, we're trying to help friends here. And 50 bucks for a head cover is half the price of what Seamus Golf charges you for, as Ben Siller said, handmade quality shit we're talking here. So, you know, check them out. Gorse Golf, G-R-S-E, gorsegolf.com. Smitty, where can the fans find you? They can find me at the old Twitter machine at Bomb Squad Matt, and also on the Instagram device, machine, app, platform at Bomb Squad Matt. So you can just say at Bomb Squad Matt across all boards, even though it's just two boards. I could. Because as I do across all boards, Twitter, Instagram, I'm at Jerry Lou Looper. Um, I was thinking about something, Matt. If anyone's still listening right now and they want to put their hand on mine while I toot my own horn real quick. Uh, my Twitter account, um, I have more followers than I have days that that account is old. How do you like them? Mm. Uh, that's something that actually with each day that grows and I don't get a follower, it's eventually going to catch up with me. But it's something that's I a just lot of, Yeah. That, that, that's a lot of porn bots, I'm not going to lie. It's not enough porn bots, if you want to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. Ty taught me how you can buy 800... Uh, 800 new followers, uh, much like how <clears throat> some people I know who I don't work with, um, clearly that's the only excuse why they have so many followers. I don't know how you can't tweet anything and follow 250 people and have 1,200 followers and you don't say jack shit. If they're still listening right now, they know who I'm talking about. And if you're still listening right now, <laughs> you listen to way more of us than we do, you stupid. <laughs> Anyways, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Let's get you off to, uh, to bed so you can take care of Hannah. And is she the smaller or the bigger one? That, that would be the smaller one. Good. Oh, I'm just making sure. I didn't, I didn't want to be, like, really inappropriate. We just saw her face on screen, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> we did. The listeners did not. But to be honest, I got to take care of the big one more than I do the little one. So. Oh, is that number two or number – oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. I got you. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and be, hey, listen, be sure to uh, check out the podcast on uh, whatever you're listening to. Just go through, click, subscribe, rate, review, share. Like, all these stupid buttons, like, if you like it, share it with friends. I know a lot of you out there listening right now, we're going to address you guys on the Bandon Part 2 episode coming up real quick that we're going to launch in a two-part Bandon series. But I had a month where I had a lot of listeners to this show. I worked for them, and our show wasn't even a month old in the whole past month. Okay, so I'm not saying we have a big following, but we have an intimate following. And I can name a lot of your names, and we're going to fucking keep it that way if we can. And then we're going to have our own little tight circle here. And that's just how it works. So please, if you're already subscribing, at least rate review. It's very simple. I do it all the time. It's very, very easy. I used to think it was a hassle. And, uh, but I guess like there's that thing like share, hit the share button. If you have an iPhone or something, I'm trying to learn this stuff. I mean, just because, you know, photo drops, all this stuff, 21st century technology. <clears throat> yeah, the share button is a thing. So is the rate review. Smash the like button. Give us those five stars and we'll keep pumping out the hot takes. And if you got any questions you want to send us via email and not on the other platforms, please drop them over to bombsquadpodqna at gmail.com. Again, that's bombsquadpodqna at gmail.com. Smitty, we'll see you next week, brother. See you next week. Oh, Casey Peters. Shout out, buddy. <laughs>